And we're live. Hello. Hello, hello. I would like to, um, I just did it. The first sentence that I have spoken is, I would like to, um, <laughs> I want to submit a formal apology, um, a little bit of background about me. I am an audio engineer by trade. I haven't done it really since the pandemic, so I'm a bit rusty, uh, but I am an audio engineer. So hopefully the first episode didn't sound like garbage and going back through and editing the first episode and listening to myself uh, over and over again for hours. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry about the uh, amounts of likes and ums, you know, and I think that goes for both of us. We're definitely getting used to talking a lot. Bunch of being, fucking rooks in here. Being coherent the entire way through. So <laughs> uh, this is my formal apology to you, our beautiful, awesome podcast listeners. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I'd also like to levy a complaint. Well, not. Wow. That sounds like I'm directing it at you. No, wow. I'd also like I'll to make go. an apology. <laughs> I'll just leave because uh, so a little bit about me. I'm a musician, so I've spent a lot of time in a recording booth doing vocals and uh, you get used to hearing the sound of your own voice. It's like nails on a chalkboard at first, but something I've never been used to is hearing my own idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies when I talk. And uh, I want to take you back to a moment in the first episode where I'm talking about mages and I'm talking about Gandalf and I'm ranting about how fucking cool he is. Oh. And then you say Gandalf is a paladin. And my exact words response to that was 100 hmm. percent. You're wrong. And then I proceeded to talk about why he's like 70 percent a paladin. And like for the rest of the episode, I just keep saying 100 percent, 100 percent to things that are just not 100 percent. So, yeah, I'm 100 percent going to say 100 percent again a lot today. Uh, I apologize. It was uh, it was kind of hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're figuring this out. I think uh, the first episode went really well, but definitely some things to work on, some some vocal habits. Since we got that out of the way, um, did you have anything that you wanted to start with? Do you have another rant that you would like to bless our ears with, or can we get right into today's topic? Yes, and oddly, it's gas station really related again. Oh no! <laughs> can we just leave the gas stations alone? Uh, I wish I could, man, but I go to that gas <laughs> they won't station leave you alone. like every day of my life. Uh, so there is an energy drink that I drink. Oh, dude. I have I have a development here, Matt. There is there's a recent development that I can't okay. wait to tell you about. I've been oh, saving so wait, this. Does, this. Does this story turn for the positive? Because it does. It does turn for the positive. There's been a, there's been a rain cloud above my head for a few days since yeah. I learned the news. <laughs> so there. So Matt and I, I'm sure listening to our voices, it's no shock that we drink a shitload of energy drinks. Probably not the healthiest decision, but uh, that we do, and we're okay with that. So the fridge is constantly stocked with this energy drink that we drink. Well, I have a certain favorite flavor that I introduced to my brother, to my family, and now they also enjoy that flavor. Anyway, I haven't been able to find that flavor at any gas stations for like a month or so. And I'm like, oh, this sucks, this sucks. And then a very dear friend of mine brought me uh some energy drinks the other day and she was like yeah i don't I, I don't think that they're making that uh flavor anymore i'm like what do you mean and she was like well i looked in like four different gas stations for it and i was like what why did you do that and then she goes yeah and then i googled it and it looks like it's being discontinued mm. so i'm like god damn it i would i would say pour one out but they're yeah. in limited supply <laughs> so i so i gave up on it right i'm just like oh whatever i'll just resign myself to drinking this other trash and uh the other day, I'm going to work at the very same gas station that I complained about in the first episode. <laughs> yep. And I walk in, and I wasn't even going to get an energy drink. I think I was just going to grab some chips or something. I walk in, and 
immediately right in front of the doors is like 20 cases of that flavor. Yeah. And I saw one and in probably the most impulsive purchase of my life, I just grabbed an entire goddamn case and walked to the register <laughs> with it immediately instead of going to get anything else. And the ladies at the gas station, they, you know, they recognize me because I'm there almost every day. It's like the only gas station in like a four mile radius from my house. Yeah. So we, that's, live, uh, we live in the boonies. Yeah. So that's the beautiful, beautiful boonies. I love these particular boonies. Yeah, anyway. They're, they're pretty decent boonies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I get to the register and the ladies are like, whoa, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, they're discontinuing this flavor. Like, and I like, I don't know. I guess I caused a scene about it as much a scene as you can cause with the two gas station ladies that were in there. And so they start talking to me about it. They're like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. You usually buy the blue one. I'm like, yeah, well, it's all right. If they're discontinuing this, I'm just going to buy this case. And then I was like, I'm going to text my brother and let him to know, to let him know to come in and buy a case. And I was like, so expect somebody else buying a shitload of these later today. And we laughed about it. Ha ha ha. So I come home with an entire freaking case of these things. The next day I go to the gas station and I walk in my plan is to grab a donut or something. I do. I go up to the register and the lady is like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, I have some news about that flavor you drink. And I was like, oh, these ones right here? And she was like, yeah, so they're not being discontinued. They're just repackaging. Apparently, they're going to go in a, a green can, but the top is going to be blue. Something like that. What the fuck? I have no idea. What? I really have no idea. But... Uh, as soon as she said that to me, it was like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. I was like, oh, thank God. So it's going to be the same exact flavor, just in a shittier can? That is my understanding of it, yeah. Yep. What? Well, because they also recently put out... We're not sponsored, guys. We're so not, <laughs> We're trying not to say the brand name, but I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious what the brand is, but we're not going to say it. Yes. Because uh, we're there, not sponsored. We the, just have a problem. The main one is a green can. It's <laughs> black with green and they, they, accents. They recently released, I think it's recent, they re recently released another version called like, I don't know, it's just like dry or something, but it's new. And that met the description of what the lady explained to me, the new packaging. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the can, the design is fine. It's okay. Yeah, I ran into the to that a lot working corporate jobs. Like, if if it's if it works fine, trust me, somebody's going to find a way to make it work more fine. And create, <laughs> well, create more work. More fine in their eyes. Yeah, and just create work for the lowly uh, the the peons. Lowly, <laughs> little peons, the little, little wage boys. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so no, that's I've... part two of the gas station chronicles. Thank you for uh, sticking through that. I can't. Um, I can't wait to see what kind of hell you're going to raise specifically for the uh, the content that it will provide for next week. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna rob them next week and be like, guys, you're <laughs> guys, never gonna believe. You're this. never gonna believe this. <laughs> I have a fat sack of money. Guess where I got it from? <laughs> the gas station. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I'm so glad that you have this this ongoing thread. <laughs> yeah already dude i don't know how it happened so matt and i also have this thing about the gas station that i'm sure we'll get into at some point but uh for some reason when he and i go to this gas station together we get really dramatic yeah it just bring it brings something out so the the first time that this happened we were at the register i was standing right next to him and they they have these little pre-packaged tubs of uh cotton candy <laughs> so i was just being facetious i was joking around and i leaned in and i was like hey man you want some cotton candy and he without turning to look at me he 
was putting his card into the reader without turning his head, without even blinking. He just goes, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dude, Jesus Christ. I, All right. I, I think it's because you caught me in a moment where I, I like just took a breath or something. Yeah. And it was just one of those like, no. no. Like, I, I don't know. I can't yeah. tell you what it was. But to Matt, it translated as like, it was just this. No. Yeah. So the, the second time that this happened, uh, we were buying more of this nondescript energy drink. <laughs> I have a favorite flavor myself that is of a uh, tea variety, and I was grabbing a few. And, you know, like every other time we go, we'll just like one or the other will grab all the, the drinks. So I, I wanted and to pay, pay for, for my Yeah, and pay for them. I wanted to pay for myself. So all I meant to say was, hey, man, I'll, I'll grab my own stuff. But what came out as I was leaning down, because they're at the very bottom, I was leaning down to grab them. I just said, I will get these myself. No, no, <laughs> bear in mind, he didn't say it dramatically. He just said, I will get these myself. Just like that, like a normal conversation. And I just fucking looked at him when he stood up. And I was like, dude, what was that? What are you, what are you, are you taking care of the heroes in the story? Like, are you, was that a uh, villain monologue? Yeah. I will get these myself. I'm always practicing my villain monologues, man. Bathroom voices time never stops. Every, every dungeon master out there, you know what bathroom voices time is. We get ridiculed for it, but we know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've been back to that gas station together since the last time we had one of those weird well, we moments. We went that one night to get the Zaw. Oh yeah, and we were like hyper aware of each other the whole time. <laughs> we were like, like mm, don't say anything mm. weird. <laughs> don't you fucking do it. Anyway, with that being said, we have a as we alluded to in the first episode, we have a very very fun topic today. We do today. We are going to be talking about in the world of Dragon Age. The Mage Circles of Thetis. Uh, yes. Before we start, so we're both really excited. Before we start this. I have a disclaimer as well. So. Okay, cool. Do you want to go first? Do you yeah, want me to go? I'll, okay. I'll go first because I feel like your disclaimer is going to lead into it. Guys, I'm going to level with you. I'm really bad with names, and I'm really bad with remembering specific details. SJ knows this to be true. I remember themes and concepts in the general. I have an opinion. My opinion is based on the facts that I know, but... You know, he he can hear something and then eight years later be like, oh, you said it exactly like this at 5.06 p.m. and 42 seconds on the clock. Like his memory is insane. Mine is not. So he is better with the lore than I am because his memory is better than I am. But I promise I do have a hard opinion and it is not something that I have pulled out of my asshole. It, it is based in a opinion of fact so i've i've definitely spent more time in the dragon age world and matt has definitely spent more time in the elder scrolls world yeah i could i could rattle off a lot more like deep elder scrolls lore yes but um no my disclaimer is very very different um mm. so needless to say we know we have opposing viewpoints here and that's that's what we're here to do today is to discuss those right yes so first and foremost i want to say we're gonna have a discussion Hopefully it doesn't get too violent, but I really, <laughs> I, I, just in case it does, I have to start this episode off by saying that Matt is legitimately my best friend in the world. Aww. Like, there's, there's nobody that I love more than my little brother, Aww. Um, kinda, kinda other gross. than our, my other little brother, who is his big brother, right? But, yep. like, seriously, he's my best friend in the world. He has been there for me through some really fucked up shit. We will talk about, we have, uh, just to whet your appetites a little bit, the first time he ever played D&D is one of my favorite stories ever. Oh my god, yeah. We'll save that for a future episode. Yeah, yeah. the first time I ever played D&D, Matt DM'd. 
And yeah, it's it's a Shit hilarious story. Shit hit the absolute fan. Um, anyway, I seriously like he's my best friend in the world. Even if I call him a fucking asshole in this episode, <laughs> it's all in all in good fun. All in good fun. Um, but yeah, I just want to clear clear the water right now and just say that like. I do love this guy, despite everything that we're about to say to each other. Yeah, well, and we've had discussions about stuff in the past that we disagree on, um, one of which will be the topic for next episode. But, you know, we're, we're both really good about seeing each other's viewpoints and finding common ground. Even if we can't sway each other, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you are right. But, like, because it's a fantasy world and none of it is real. <laughs> yeah, I think, exactly. Well, so I think a concept that gets lost on a lot of people is we're both right. Yes. It's fantasy. Like, none of it is real. None of it has any consequence on the real world. Even if we disagree, we're both right, because that's how the game is designed. All viewpoints are valid. And the beauty of the world of Dragon Age, and what originally really drew me to it, is the politics of it. Yeah, Dragon like, Age is steeped. Yeah, like, that's what, honestly, hot take, probably get roasted for this, but bring it on. Um, I loved the star wars prequel trilogy specifically because of the weird politics and the like yeah. the twists and turns and all that political upheaval and shit like i loved that aspect of it and dragon age has that in spades mm. so so we're gonna talk about the mage templar war the mage circles of thetis of the dragon age setting i'm so for ladies and gentlemen at home Thetis is called Thetis because it's an abbreviation for the Dragon Age setting. You're welcome, and I hate it just as much as you do. Yeah, T-H-E-D-A-S. The Dragon Age setting. I yeah. hate it. It's incredible. I love that. I, I learned <laughs> of that through a Twitter interaction by the game devs, and I was like, I can't read anything ever again. <laughs> um, before we get too deep into it, uh, I want to rectify a mistake that we made in the first episode. Smaug? Spoiler warning. Oh, spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. I just peeked the shit out of my microphone. I'm so sorry. Spoiler warning, guys. Um, we're going to talk warning. about... We will be spoiling Dragon Age Origins, probably Dragon Age 2, two. definitely 2. And Inquisition. And Inquisition. And in our discussion about the Mage Circles, we're probably at some point going to end up talking, talking about, about how much we love Solus. Oh, yeah, guys. Well, so if you I have not... I wouldn't consider that to be a spoiler anymore, because if you've watched any of the trailers for Dreadwolf... It's, it's true. Right, right, dick in face. Like, it's, it's oh, hey. It's true, but, but yeah, just to no, be safe, massive spoiler warning for the entire Dragon Age trilogy as franchise. it stands right now. Franchise. Yes. Franchise. Even, even like Absolution spoilers, too. Yeah. Because Absolution has set up a lot of interesting things for Dreadwolf. Cool. So, I am, I'm going to kind of set up, since I know, you know, I know the lore really well, I'm kind of going to set it up. And then what I'd like to see, Matt, if you're cool with this, We'll talk about your perspective. Yeah. Then we'll talk about my perspective. And okay. when each of us are talking about our perspectives, we'll just let it be. We'll just shut whatever. the fuck up. And then after both of our perspectives are out there on the table, then we'll talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. And we no. can ask questions. We can blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. We'll just keep just our try, fucking mouth shut. Try to keep it as civil as we can. I think, I think you're <laughs> over-exaggerating. I probably am. I, just, I just know how we have argued about things in the past. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the most violent arguments we've ever had about been about D and D rules. We've about oh things boy. that I have said, and oh then you're boy. like, "You didn't say that," and I'm like, "Yes, I did." No, it's more things that you said that you said you didn't say, and then I'm like, "Wait, what? What?" It's it's gone both ways. <laughs> anyway, <It has>. um, <laughs> however, we have promised the audience for two episodes now that we would be screaming at each other. So at some point, I am going to deliver on that. 
at least uh, once. Let me know so you don't peek your microphone. I've peeked twice today. <laughs> I didn't peek once last time. Stop it. Once. Stop it, you nerd. It's, you don't need to be a princess about it. <laughs> My audio. <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. So moving into the topic. So the mage circles of Thetis. So in the world of Thetis, a little background on what magic is. So I kind of mentioned it in the first episode. In order to access magic, you have to essentially, just to make it really short, you have to tap into another plane of existence called the Fade, which is where magic comes from. The Fade is inhabited by demons. So if you are born a mage, and uh, magic is, is like passed through blood, so if you're born a mage, then eventually i think in your adolescence if i'm not mistaken like early adolescence you start you know showing that you have uh that you have magic which means you start tapping into the fade which also means that you run the risk of being possessed by demons literal when, demons what literal little demons. Literal, like, not, not like not like metaphysical demons like literal actual real ass demons yes like a demon of pride can just possess your body and now you are you're, you cease to exist basically yep. you're you're being used by a demon um which is honestly fucking terrifying thanks Aramon. yeah um so with that said to combat the threat of demonic possession and unchecked power the government of Thetis put together, and I, I, this is like th- a long ass time ago. Like this might be in the ancient age before it was like one, two, three. Yeah, I think it, it was either like end of ancient or it was under the reign of the first divine. It was yeah, one of the two, probably something like that. Um, anyway, they decided that they would take a page from the book of Tevinter. In Tevinter, they had mage circles. However, in Tevinter, those mage circles were just like places for mages to study because the Tevinter culture encouraged magic. In fact, in their culture, magic made you a noble, essentially. Um, so they were like, hey, let's let's have these mage circles. However, the way that the Chantry decided to angle it, and the Chantry is like the... Honestly, they're kind of the ruling body in Southern Thetis, but they're more or less, they're the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they decided to angle it is, okay, we need to keep this power in check and we need to make sure that, you know, these, these things, these creatures aren't getting out into the world. So they essentially, once magic is discovered, they contain the mages in these circles, these towers where they're free to like live and study and enjoy life in four walls for the rest of their lives and never leave. It's a prison. With that said, the Chantry also employs what are known as Templars. Templars are essentially knights that go through uh, this process that we won't get into too much. It'll come up later. But basically, they are given abilities that they can nullify and dispel magic. Okay? So the Templars are kind of like the, uh, the guards of these mage circles. So the way that it works... Let's say little little Matt, the magic boy, TM. Trademark, you can't take it. Is uh, eight years old and he he's eating his fucking mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to reach for his sippy cup and lights it on fire. Right? Mom is going to be like, oh shit, he's a mage. Okay, we have to report this. And I'm going to give all the scenarios here, so don't worry. Mom goes, oh fuck. All right, we report this. So she calls her local chantry. She calls local H. Yeah, she calls local H, the grunge band. Yep. And... They come over and they go, okay, yeah, it looks like Matt is a mage. We're going to have to take him. We're going to take him to the circle in blank. And they go to what they take him to whatever. Keep in mind, too, there's no choice here. 
There's no not choice. like, hey, mom, all your son's a mage. That's awesome. Hey, let's take him to this great place. It's, oh, give me your child or I'm going to kill you and take your child from you. And like, choice is something that I'll actually bring up later when I talk about kind yeah. of my take on these things. Because Matt is absolutely right. You don't get to choose to be a mage. It is something that you either are or you aren't. And if you are, guess what? You're guess going what, to a mage buddy? circle. Your life's going to suck. So... For what happens from there, Matt never sees mom again. Matt never sees his brother SJ again. Matt goes to this mage circle and is contained there by Templars. So the way that it works in the mage circles is you are an apprentice as you study and learn. However, I have a very serious problem with this system that I'll get into when I talk about my viewpoint. But mm -hmm. basically, you are apprenticed and... When you come of age and when everybody else, when the mages deem you fit to do it, you are forced to go through what's called the harrowing. The harrowing is a process where they don't tell anybody what it is. It's just this basically final exam that once you pass it, you become a mage. The harrowing, ladies and gentlemen, they induce demonic possession on the mage and whether or not the demonic possession succeeds determines whether or not you pass the harrowing. So basically they... Send your ass to the Fade and welcome demons to come chit-chat with you and be like, hey, I want to possess you. And then you have, as the mage, you have to make the decision, oh, do I let them possess me or not? Also, bear in mind, in the Fade, when a demon comes to you and says, I can give you everything you've ever wanted, power, love, money, for some reason, they make it out in the games that, like, for some reason, that impacts you heavier than it would in, in if you're in the material plane. Yeah, it's like in their they're, domain, they're more convincing. Yeah, they're more powerful, right? So, the harrowing determines a mage's ability to to resist possession basically while you're in the harrowing you are surrounded by templars and they are told that at the first sight of demonic possession when you come out of your little trance they're told to motherfucking swing on you yeah i have i have something i want to touch on about the harrowing in my opinion so please don't let me forget it okay cool so that's the harrowing yep and then once you pass guess what you're right back to the same shit it's once not, you pass it's, it's not you like you get more responsibility or freedom or anything it's like oh cool you're not a demon go back to your room go back to the mage circle exactly um from there however you are a full-fledged mage and i'm pretty sure you're allowed to like study more and i don't know probably do yeah. more shit that you already were doing but i think there's a little bit more leeway to act on the behalf of the circle outside of the outside of the circle but Really, you know, your your whole life is still dedicated to that. Yes. So failure to pass a harrowing obviously results in your immediate death. Immediate. Uh, Instantaneous. One also, could and don't let me forget to go back to uh, Matt's origin story as the magic boy. Um, yes. But another option is if all of the other mages watch this little apprentice... And they decide, you know what, this kid's batshit crazy. He's definitely going to let somebody possess him. They can induce what's called, and I, I have a very strong opinion about this as well, they can mm. induce what's called tranquility. Tranquility is where they suck the ability for you to use magic out of your body, which also sucks all of your capacity for emotion out. Mm -hmm. So if you are made a tranquil mage, you get branded with this thing on your forehead you can't access magic and you literally can't access emotion anymore. You're just a husk. You're a husk. You can still function. You, you can, can still, still talk. You can, you can do you can stuff. You can be intelligent. You can do stuff, but you'll never feel like love or happiness or content or yes. anything and ever it's, again. It's eerie uh, when you talk to some of the tranquil mages in the game. It's like a robot. Because they're totally all right with it. They're like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel any emotion. I'm never angry or happy or sad. And it's, it's pretty cool. 
anyway, what can I do for you? Like, it's terrifying. It really, it really like is unsettling, you know, like that feeling of just like, Oh dude, like you, something happened to you. So, uh, that's tranquility. Mm -hmm. Um, so going back to the little origin story. So let's say eight year old Matt sets his sippy cup on fire and mom, mom decides, wow, Matt is definitely a mage. We're not saying shit. She might reach out to what's called an apostate. And, and be like, hey, uh, can you teach my son how to hide this shit so that he doesn't get taken? And essentially, like, the, the most basic description is an apostate is a mage that practices magic outside of a circle. More, more specifically, they're a mage that left the circle. They oh, okay. ran away from the circle. And yes, now they practice magic outside, which there's a whole group of Templars dedicated to hunting down Seekers apostate mages. No. Well, I mean, the Secrets of Truth do do that, but they're more like... They're more just like... They're just the, like the CIA, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name. Oh, well, man. it's it's just yeah. Templars are mage hunters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, But, so, the way that they do that is when you pass your harrowing... Actually, it might be when you're apprenticed. I'm not sure, ladies and gentlemen. You can look that up and check me on that if you like. But they take a bit of your blood and they put it in a little vial. And they call in that world, it's called a phylactery. And there is a library of phylacteries that they can use to hunt you. So if you go apostate and your phylactery is still there, uh, they can grab your phylactery and they can fucking track your ass down and find and kill you. Or bring you back to the circle if they're feeling merciful that particular day. Do they ever? At any rate, uh, yeah, I think in Mage Mage Warrior, I almost said Mage Warrior 2. Dragon Age 2. Um, Basically. In Mech Warrior 5, uh, <laughs> the, there's, a, there's like a quest or something where there's yeah. like a Templar that's like, oh, we're going to destroy this phylactery. Another option is in your escape from your circle, go find your phylactery, destroy it, and then disappear, and then you're free forever. But, you know, obviously there's Templars that hunt you down. So, with that said, there's also another kind of variation, I guess, of mages that, uh, and that's what I'm getting at. I believe Maleficar is a mage that was never in a circle and learned magic outside of it completely. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I know that. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that terminology, so I'll stay away from it. Well, there's all no. That's a hedge mage. I know that. Um, I know that's a bit of a spoiler, so I'll be as uh, as tactful as I can for those that don't want it spoiled. Um, Solus is a mage that learned magic outside of a circle, and he is a hedge mage. Yeah, which is <laughs> that. That's what that is. I don't remember yeah. what Maleficar is, guys. Sorry, fucking sorry to ruin that. Sorry, Maleficar. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> let me know. Sorry, man. Yeah, let me know. Uh, follow us on our socials. We'll get to that at the end of the episode. But yeah, like, correct me because I, I know for a fact a hedge mage is just somebody that like learned magic completely outside of a circle anyway so that's kind of how the mage circles work right they're governed by um what's called a uh, first enchanter and a first enchanter kind of runs that particular circle this is a mage with a lot of years of experience um obviously they've passed a harrowing and then there is like a court of mages the first enchanter from each tower and they all meet together with who's known as the grand enchanter which is one of the first enchanters that's been elected to kind of govern over this body. If I'm not mistaken, those mages are very much allowed to leave the circle because they have to, you know, commune with each yeah, other. Yeah, they, they have a lot more free reign. Um, Obviously, I think that, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure everything they do outside of the circle is still accompanied by a Templar. But yes, they, they have 100%. A lot of, they have a lot of freedom to 
they have freedom, but yes, you're absolutely right. They will be accompanied by a Templar no matter where they go. And, you know, for the Grand Enchanter, it's going to be the most high-ranking-ass yeah. motherfucker. It's going to be the man whose destiny is to be respected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love okay. that guy. So that's kind of how the Mage Circles work. Yeah. Matt, do you so, have any questions about any of that lore that I can clarify for you? I don't have any questions. Okay, cool. We're both familiar. I think I think now is, is the time to dive into opinions, yeah? Absolutely, Matt. Okay. Uh, take it away. So Matt's going to go first. And what I kind of want to angle it towards is a, how do you feel oh, about this yeah, whole situation? Don't, don't even worry. Okay, so, cool. Take it away, bud. So here's, here's the thing, guys. Here's the deal. I am the magic boy. So with that being said, my, my opinion on this topic is very based in empathy. However, I'm going to I'm just going to start with my opinion. I'm not going to build towards it. I'm just going to say it and then we're going to move on. Me too. Fuck the mage circles. Fuck the Templars. Fuck all of it, right? All right. I think it should all be abolished. I think everything should go away, and I think mages should be allowed. Here's here's the thing. Mages are feared not because of what they are able to do. Mages are feared because of the idea of what they could do. An entire, essentially, like, race of people, because they have you have to be born with magic, essentially an entire race of people based solely on the preconception of what they might do, completely shut down. Forced into mage circles, which is prison. Like, there's no dancing around it. There's no, like, well, they have oh, nice beds dancing. and pillows. It's a prison. The Templars... The, my point about the harrowing that I wanted to make is, like, that the harrowing is not to, like, prove, like, oh, you're a mage, or, oh, you can resist, you know, demonic possession. It's to find excuses to kill mages... It's it's culling. That's all it is. Like it's oh yeah, you can pass. And like obviously a lot of mages do pass, but like you know the verbiage of they're looking for the slightest reason to swing the sword, uh, like the slightest sign of demonic possession. You could fucking sneeze, and they're gonna kill you. I, like it's you know what I mean. I read somewhere that Cullen was actually named Cullen as like a little yeah. jest because of culling because yes. of him losing his fucking mind at the end of his quest in origins. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it's all horrible. I think an entire group of people for everything that they can provide and everything that they can't like there are obviously Tevinter is a basket case. Like I'm I'm taking this completely separate of Tevinter. I'm talking Orlay and Ferelden specifically. There is more examples of good, well-intentioned mages than there are of bad ones. And obviously, the bad mages have done horrible shit, like, need I say, Corypheus. But, like, the, the point that I, that I try to make is, yes, they're incredibly powerful. Yes, demonic possession is scary. Yes, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. But to enforce a lifestyle like this onto an entire subgroup of people specifically based on the might is fucking horrible the mage circles treat them like shit the templars look for any excuse to kill them if someone shows magical potential and they get reported to the templars it's a 50 50 as to whether or not they're going to take them to the templars or to the mage circle or they're just going to fucking kill them there and not deal with it like the templars abuse their power the yes, mages they do. the mages are repressed the mages are Mages are slaves, basically. Like, if you if you really want to throw that verbiage around, because a lot of the things that they do in the mage circles is in service to their city or Ferelden or Orlay, like the Chantry. So they're indentured forever to do this thing to serve something other than themselves. And if they step out of line, a Templar is going to fucking cut their head off. 
And that's my opinion. I think it should all be abolished and mages should be allowed to be people. Say, sorry, I want you to riff on that a little bit more if you can. What do you think should happen? I think, yeah, I just think the mage circle should be abolished. I think there should be a governmental structure within the mages but i don't think it should be a circle i think the position of grand enchantress should still exist but they should be like an advisor an advisory position to like the king or queen of ferelden or the 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 um the divine of the chantry and that can be a regulating force and obviously if a mage goes rogue or a mage gets possessed by a demon that has to be taken care of like there's no getting around that but i don't think there should be circles i don't think there should be enforced structure i think if you are a mage you should be allowed to explore your abilities how you see fit and if you step out of line in a way that endangers the world then you get taken care of but some random fucking dude practicing blood magic because he's curious is not going to end the world All right, let me, I'm going to stir the pot and incite some argument here. Yep, because, yep. (laughs) Okay, so, in in Matt's world, um, (laughs) we play D&D, guys. Yeah, we we play D&D. We fucking love chaos, right? Oh, yeah. Like, no D&D game is fun unless there's some world-ending catastrophe happening, right? Like, you, you need the chaos, you need the craziness, Matt and I view a lot of this from that perspective. So what Matt is telling you is... I thought you were about to call me out on the fact that all my villains are mages. No. uh, Oh, wow. I didn't... (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. Don't don't you worry. Feimu wasn't a mage. Feimu was a paladin. In this... In Matt's psychotic world, he wants just fucking mages running free, free to be possessed, free to sling magic everywhere, fucking burn entire cities down while they're looking for people, just fucking outright anarchy of magic yes is this your opinion or do you want me because i'm just making fun of your opinion because i want argument no because (laughs) everything everything that you just said is what they might do yes okay not what they will absolutely mages are not just gonna be like we're free let's fucking burn the world down like their mages are people man yes yes they are and no that, that is a really good point um but I guess the point that I'm trying to make in making fun of you yeah. is yeah, yeah. is that with within that world there is so much more potential yes for demonic possession for blood magic for fucking all this crazy which, shit which is why I think there should be a force or a group or something dedicated to that however they should not be forced into circles I love that. Circles shouldn't even exist. It shouldn't even be, like, optional. Like, oh, I think I'll join the Mage's Circle in Kirkwall. Rest in peace. It should just not even be a thing. Mage Circles should just not even be a thing. Spoiler warning. Anders is the worst fucking human being. Yeah, spoiler warning. uh, Kirkwall. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that scene was fucking incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um... Okay, so actually, I think we align way... Yeah, I was right. We align way more than I thought we did. you... I, I, I don't want to say your opinion for you, but I know that you think that you want me to say it. D- yeah, let's go ahead. I know that you think that the circle should still exist. Yes. A hundred thousand percent. I yeah. think the circle should still. You see that, guys? I said a hundred thousand. This that time. means he's more serious. You d- you've already said a hundred percent a few times. Really? There's been like three <laughs> times that I opened my mouth to say it. And then I was like, it's come no, out. No. It's come out like a few times, but you didn't. The difference is this time you didn't say a hundred percent. You're wrong. Like a hundred percent, but no. actually 70%. Yeah, no, no. There was one time I went to say a hundred percent and I, I went 
Yeah, but yes. anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So your opinion, I will keep my okay, mouth shut. Okay, so I'll, I'll just jump into mine then. I think that the threat of absolute unchecked power and demonic possession is insane, um, especially just some of the interactions and some of the like little side quests you have in Dragon Age Origins as well as Dragon Age 2. They really mm. drive it home how fucking terrifying it is. Yeah. One demon possessing one person can flip the world upside down on itself. And I guess we don't really see that impact much because we play as the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the world in all three games. Yeah. And we're like, oh, demonic. Somebody's possessed by a demon. Sword swing. They're dead. Okay, cool. Moving on to the next. But it's so much bigger than than that. that. Yeah, it's so much scarier than that. Um, So anyway, my take is yes, I think the mage circles absolutely need to exist. However, with incredibly heavy reform. And I have a lot of notes on some of the reform that I think should be instilled. Um, A, the horrors of demonic possession and abomination. Like, so an abomination is a mage that's been possessed by a demon. They're just referred to as an abomination. Like, those things are real. Those things are out there fucking happening, even with mage circles. So I think that there needs to be a control for that. Um, And Matt, it's very interesting that Matt honestly mentioned that too. Like when you were talking about, you think that there shouldn't be circles, but there should still be essentially some kind of control for those that go batshit crazy. I think that that needs to be there. And I think the best way to do that is through the circles. However, here's, here's all my reform. If I, if I, if you elect me class president, (laughs) uh, so I, this is going to ruffle some feathers. I definitely believe in the harrowing. I think that it needs to continue to happen. I think that tranquility is fucking wrong. I think that tranquility is the most corrupt thing that happens with mages circles because it's essentially saying, oh, we think that you might not pass. And then that little mage goes, pass what? I don't know anything about the harrowing. What is it? And then they go, yeah, you're probably not going to pass. So we're going to strip away everything that makes you human. Like that's fucking horrifying. Um, But I believe in the harrowing. So let me say this. In the Dragon Age world, I'm pretty sure they don't say dick about the harrowing to apprentices. Because in Origins, I think you have... The you first have, 30 minutes of Origins is you and that one dude running around like, Ooh, I can't wonder what the harrowing is going to be. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, nobody tells you what it is. Like, that's yeah. fucking horrible. Stupid. I believe that apprentices should be told in great detail what the harrowing is. I think they should be told... We are going to put you in a situation where a demon is going to attempt to possess you. And they should be told in the fade, the demon's words are going to have a heavier impact. You're not going to be able to resist as much. And then once they're told that, they should be given the tools to fight that. Yeah, because in the real in real world application, it's not like, oh, shit, I'm possessed. Like, you're going to know what's happening and you're going to put up those mental defenses in the moment to like ward it off so that's a beautiful point that i didn't even think about another thing that should be taught is maybe there's a way to fight demonic possession while it's happening yeah maybe there's a way while you're possessed by a demon for the mage to fight back and regain it's just, control. It's just seen as like an end situation yes. there's there's never been any any effort to like see can we counter it can we fight it yeah so I, I think there needs to be an R&D department that <laughs> I don't want to keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. It's okay. But kind of riffing on what you said about the harrowing too. I think I do. Now that you mention it, I do think that the harrowing should still happen, but I think that the Templars should switch to pulling you out and stopping it. If they see possession instead of fucking killing, you. I'm pretty sure there's no way for them to see that until you like come out of it. Yeah, um, that might be true. But, but like, I think, I think the Templars a- roles should be switched more towards like, you know, containment as opposed to up oh, near dead get, get a goddamn r&d department in yep. here and let's let's do some research and development like let's let's figure out anyway uh so i think 
I firmly believe that mages should have controlled exposure to the things they're going to face. Because again, we mentioned this earlier. It's not a choice. You don't get to wake up one day and go, I think I want to be a mage. No, you are born a mage and you don't have a fucking choice yeah, about it. So I think that there should be some kind of controlled exposure, you know, akin to the harrowing where they're told this is the horrible fucking life that you're about to face. This is the best way to face it. Like, I think that there should be more empathy for mm-hmm. what these people are going through mm-hmm. and not in the sense of like, Oh, I feel bad for you. But in the sense of like, Hey, I feel bad for you. So I'm going to fucking help you. I'm going to help you make the best of this, this blessing and curse that you have. Right. Um, another thing that I believe is that I think, and this is essentially restructuring the entire way the mage circles work. I think harrowing should be a choice. I think that you should get to choose when you feel ready. And I think that you should have a sponsor. So let's say little apprentice Matt just turned 16 and he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I can face a harrowing. And let's say Uncle Elliot or fucking somebody is a full fledged mage and they hear Matt saying, yeah, I think I can pass a a harrowing. I think a mage should have to say, you know what? Yes, I believe that. I think that mage should interview the apprentice and say, "Okay, tell me why you think it. What do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? And that maid should have to verify, okay, this person is ready. From there, they take them, they do the harrowing, but I think it should be a choice. And let's say Matt passes his harrowing. From that point, I believe that mages should be allowed to leave the circle. Yes, big yes, absolutely. I think this might also ruffle some feathers. I think phylacteries should still exist because the threat of unchecked power is still terrifying. But I think that phylacteries should only be used in the event of Matt all of a sudden decides to raise an army of the dead and attacks a local village. Then we pull the phylactery and we find him and we see the only reason I disagree with that point is in that specific use case. Yes. Phylactery is awesome. They're not going to be used for that. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, We're really good at these transitions. Yeah. If the mage chooses not to do the harrowing, they will be kept in the circle until they make that decision. If a mage says, I really don't think I can pass this, I'm totally going to get possessed by a fucking demon. I think they should be contained in a circle, but not made tranquil. I think they should be like, hey, continue to study magic. You should continue to have some semblance of a normal life without the threat of demonic possession. And that's why I think it should be made very clear to mages what could happen. Because if you're told when you're eight years old that you could get possessed by a demon and kill everyone you love, like that thought's going to carry and you're not going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I think I want to get possessed by a demon today. Yeah, I, I just my only problem with that is in, in your scenario, they're still forced into the mage's cir- mage circles without any choice. Yes. Yeah. And that that's the only thing I have issue with. That is the only thing that I have issue with as well. That is the inherent problem in all of this. However, I'm kind of viewing this from the perspective of how do you keep some semblance of peace in yeah. a world where this exists. So my question is, you've you've given a lot of reform about how you want the mage circles to operate, yes? I have more. I have a lot more. I know you have a lot more, but uh, and I, I'm sure, I don't know if you're going to get to it or not, but this is all great. Templars are still the Templars, though. That's my next point. Yep, the, tem- so, the Templars need as much, if not more, reform than the Mage Circles for this to work. That's literally yeah. the next thing in my notes. Tem- I think the Templar Order should continue to exist. I think it is incredibly important. I However, and this is in all caps, I think the Templar Order should separate from the fucking Chantry. Because the Templar Order is governed by the Chantry, which is the church, basically, And they're the ones that make all the decisions. I think that if the Templar order existed separately from the Chantry, 
then the Templar Order would be free to govern themselves instead of being governed by God, who I'm pretty sure in a lot of Andrastian beliefs, mages are evil. Mages are bad. Yeah. Like in that religion, mages are just fucking, oh, we shouldn't really, we shouldn't really fuck with that. Thanks, Corypheus. So if Templars separate from the Chantry, and much in the way that I'm talking about changing the way mages are raised, Templars should be taught that mages are people. They're not this evil thing. That's why Templars are dicks. Yeah. In the Dragon Age or no, you're right. in the Dragon Age games is because they're told from a young age, like, mages are horrible. Mages are evil. They have the power to be evil. And in their minds... It's an absolute. The harrowing and tranquility is a blessing. In their minds, they're allowing these evil things to live out of the goodness of their hearts. So in their minds, when they kill a mage, they're fucking doing God's work out here, right? Yeah. I think Templars should separate from the Chantry, and I think that Templars should be held accountable to mistreatment and abuse of mages. I think that there should be severe punishment for anything deemed abusive or mistreatment. Yeah. Um, well, I think to that point, too, I think the, the circles should also be independent from any Chantry influence as well. Yes, that's 100 percent what I agree. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, no, it, I, I kind of I'm a little bit more inclined to agree with the whole mage circle still being a thing and still having them filtered into it at a young age. So long as it is f- solely for the point of their personal development and not what they can provide for the Chantry. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I still um, I still think circles shouldn't exist, but if they're going to be forced into it, at least let it be a, a, as positive of an experience as it can be. And without Templars itching to kill them and having to provide services to people that don't think they're people. Yeah, no, there needs to be heavier oversight in Templars. Yeah. And like, as far as positions wise, I think they should split the Templars into multiple like departments where there are Templars that are specifically assigned to circles and mm. I, I it's, instead of just like a rotating post of people that don't want to fucking be there like I, I think that there should be relationships built i think that templars should get to know the mages that are in charge i think that there should be more like okay so the first enchanter is going to work so in dragon age the first enchanter works with i forget the name of the title but there is a templar lord seeker no a templar commander basically at each circle and they they um, work in tandem night captain right something like that yeah but they they like work in tandem with each other but i think that more of a relationship should be built there and there shouldn't be this like this line between mage and templar like i think that they should be allowed to interact so that these relationships can be built so that templars can see okay mages are just fucking people that were forced into this situation they never had a choice this is what they are a part of templar like training i think should be making life good for mages like providing them with things that they're going to fucking enjoy because they literally are just people that that don't have a choice in what they are yeah like it it's insane to me that this world exists in the state that it does. I mean, it's not insane to me because it's an RPG franchise and they have to create these like tension points so that yeah. people buy the games and get interested. But like if you think about the world as a whole, it's insane to me that there aren't people in in power that that are looking at this and are like, hey, like maybe we should change things a little bit. I think it's well, very you, much a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Well, the, the thing is, like from the perspective of both leaders, like if we're taking current time into into consideration 
whoever let's just talk about Justinia because obviously the next divine isn't technically canon yet you know the Chantry holds so much power over all of Southern Fadus not just Orlay not just Ferelden just all of it that you know they they're not gonna care they're gonna see this situation and exactly like you said if it ain't broke don't fix it and then going over to the side of Ferelden like King Alistair doesn't have enough pull to do anything about it yeah. It is so firmly in the hands of the Chantry with the Templars being the ones in the major circles and the major circle service to the Chantry. Like it's so much more in the hands of the Chantry than like yes. Alistair could be like, this is wrong. And then the divine would be like, okay, start another rebellion. Exactly. See if I care. Yeah. All right. I mean, call I think, Hawk idiot. Like I'll see you later. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Without so. getting too much into like our own views on religion and politics. I think a world that is governed by the church is kind of inherently set to fail yep like absolutely it's, it's i i if you want to have a church that's fine and i'm you know it's like cool believe what you want to believe but yeah. just don't let what you believe dictate how the world yeah, is run. because if you have a government that is inherently religious you are not serving your people you are serving your god yeah and anyway you should be serving your people yeah. Moving away from that a little yeah. bit, like I said, I don't want to get, I don't want to go quite there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I am specifically focusing in on the fantasy uh, yeah, setting on because this is like when it comes to Thetis, that is what is true. Yeah, the Chantry that, serves Andraste, not anything else. Absolutely, like, that is objectively and fact. And in Inquisition, when you go to the the Seeker Fortress, uh, and if you choose to ally with the Templars. There's this like ritual they have you do where you raise three flags. Yeah, and you have to raise them in order of importance. They are a flag for the people, a flag for the Templar order itself, and a flag for Andraste, basically. Yeah. Um, and you can choose, you can do the flags however you want, and then they just ask you, like, oh, what are your reasons? Mm -hmm. And then you can choose to say your reasons, or you can just say, hey, my reasons are my own, I don't want to fucking talk about it. But I, that always fascinated me, that the Templar order's three priorities are God, the Templar order, and people, and they don't establish, like, in what order is the right answer. I or think we like know that. what order is the right answer. But it's always fascinated me that Andraste herself is one of those options available to place over the order and over the people. Like... I would be in willing every to playthrough I've ever done, whether I'm playing a Templar or a mage or whatever, I have always put the people first. Yeah. I and I think that's what everybody else should do. <laughs> I put the people first and then depending on how into my own hype I am, I'll either put Andraste or the Templar Order. Like, right. I think yeah. my playthrough with my Templar, I did the Templar Order and then my playthrough with uh, my elf, I did uh, Andraste. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, like, yeah, there's so much much just wrong yeah with the templar order and I, I you know i think the most important part about it is and I, I have two points here i think the most important thing to consider here is separate from the chantry mm -hmm. and the second thing is i love the portrayal of the templars in the dragon age game because they're purposefully made to look like fucking dicks and there's yeah. so many side quests and shit where it's like Templars are the assholes. Templars are the assholes. But if you look at it subjectively, and this is kind of the last piece of my point. Think about some poor fucking farmer farming his crops outside some village in Ferelden. Like, this dude just wants a peaceful life for his wife and kids. And then out of nowhere, some mage charges through, lights shit on fire, and then leaves. Like, that's going to be his perception of mages forever. Yeah. Like, that is that is what he thinks. So if he goes to the local bar... And somebody's talking about, oh, yeah, I, my cousin's an adventurer and he just hunted out a mage. Well, why? Oh, well, the mage lit a village on fire. Like, that's his perception of mages. That's all he knows. 
When that villager goes to church on Sunday and talks to the chantry and sees Templars, those Templars are going to talk about horrible things that mages have done. Like, these innocent people just want a peaceful world, and the Templars, essentially, at the end of the day, their whole job is to create that peaceful world for these people. They, I think they, they should serve the people, and the Templars are just people doing their jobs, and they are just as corrupted as the mages themselves from a young age. Yeah. Because the Templars are told... Mages are bad. Magic is evil. It's your job to fix it. You stand before God and make that happen. Like they're taught to be dicks. And I love that Dragon Age portrays them as these nasty, rude, fucking evil people, because at the end of the day, really, they're just doing their jobs. They're just serving the people. But the games angle it in a way that's like, oh, they're just serving themselves. They're bullies. Right. Yeah. But I love that. I love that. Like. What's the word? Uh, juxtaposition. Yes, that juxtaposition of their character. It's like it's fascinating to me because I love playing a sympathetic Templar. Like yeah. that's one of my favorite playstyles is playing a Templar that is pro mage. Yeah, I've always been of the opinion that the mages should govern themselves. You know what I mean? Like I, and agree. I know, I and know that-, that that's really really dangerous, and I know that the Templars obviously serve their function, and with heavy heavy reform, it could be a situation that works out very well, but. If, if we're looking at the context of the world and we're just taking everything that we know to be face value, if one day this reform was implemented by, you know, let's say Divine Vivian. And Divine S. Genius. Like, yeah, Divine, Divine S. Genius was like, hey, this is going to be the reform. There's no switch in the Templars heads that's going to flip and be like, we're cool now. Yeah, it's going to happen over time. You are time. creating an entire faction of people might might not be Templars by title anymore, but an entire faction of people dedicated at this point to just fucking killing mages. Like at that point, they would just be like, fuck this. Mages are evil and no one else sees it, but we do. We're going to fucking kill all of them every time we see one, no matter what. I mean, in, in Dragon Age canon right now, when Divine Victoria, whoever it ends up being, is elected, there's, I think for all three options, there's a period of civil war right off the bat because of decisions that they make. Yeah. And that just, my yeah. point, my point no, there is, that's what you're saying. Yeah. My point there is no matter what changes you make, there's going to be people that fucking argue with it. And there's going to be a little bit of like, Hey, we don't like that. But I think once that those assholes are so called, we're, what, we're, what we're saying to be true then is that after the civil unrest, that will be effective and that will be exactly how it works. I, I, I believe in so the perfect, in the perfect status world i i believe so and um to your point about like mages governing themselves yes i believe that i believe the mages should govern themselves but i believe that mages should and because there's all kinds of other reform ideas that i have as far as like positions within the circles and within the templars i think that there should be more cohesiveness i think that there should be more self-governance but also kind of you know uh yeah Working together. I think the the only other like kind of example that I, I want to throw out is like if, you know, if we're taking the idea that the Templars need to exist and the mages have to be in the circles because the mages at any point could go off the deep end and the Templars have to take care of that. I still don't think it should necessarily be consigned to a circle. You know, like if we look at our society, like every human has the capacity to go fucking crazy and start murdering people. Yes. But every house doesn't have a Templar assigned to it. We just have cops. So, so this maybe, is, you know, maybe the mages can just live in the world and like every city can have a faction of Templars and they can live normal ass lives and not be in mage prison. So this is <laughs> we can make the circles as cushy and fucking awesome and happy fun times as we want. But at the end of the day, call it as it is. It's still a prison. 
So this is this is a point that I thought of. This is a hundred percent gonna piss some people off, mm-hmm. and it might piss you off. Okay. Uh, this is kind of the way that I look at it, and we don't have to get into our personal opinions of how this works in the real world yeah, on planet Earth, of course. But I will say this: imagine there is a group of people that are born. They don't have a choice. They're born with a gun in their hand. And mm. that gun at any point in time could just decide to start killing people. It could just go off. That person does not have any control over that whatsoever other than being taught how to suppress that. But they have to be taught how to suppress that in order for it not to work. But if they don't suppress it, again, that gun can just start pointing at right. people and fucking killing yeah. them. If that were the case in this real world, there would be... Heavy oversight. Yeah, there would be. Um, I just, I I don't know. I guess the thing that we have a discrepancy on is like, yes, metaphorically mages are are born with a gun in their hand, but it's, you know, just because they're mages. They're still people and they can be taught. It's not even necessarily that they're still people. Like not every mage is born knowing how to cast power word kill. You know what I mean? Like at worst, it's going to be setting the sippy cup on fire. You know what I mean? So like... Yeah, obviously they could do a lot of damage when unchecked, and as they grow older and get more powerful, that can be very dangerous. But like, I, I guess I, I like we're just having that discrepancy on like they come out the womb and it's like you know they're gonna fucking drop. Yeah, I mean it's 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 almost an impossible situation because it is in my world. Like I said, it's the one thing I have an issue with. You have to immediately strip away that person's choice. They're born without yeah. magic, and in uh, my see, world, you immediately have to say, okay, you don't have a choice, you're going to a circle. That's It makes why me feel better that, like, even you're like, yeah, that's the part that I don't like. I don't like that. Because there really is no better option. Yeah, and I that's why I heavily emphasize on the once a mage passes the harrowing, they're free to leave the circle, but I think there should still be some measure of control for if they decide to go batshit crazy, and that is simply through phylacteries, but... That should be looked at as a last resort. That should yeah. not be looked at as a primary function of the Templar just, Order. That should be like, that should be like the world is ending. Like the letter comes into somebody's desk that day, and he goes, "Fuck no, not another one." And he gives that letter to a temp to a mage hunter, and that mage hunter cries himself to sleep that night because tomorrow he has to go kill a mage. Like that should be the impact that it has. Not, not all the Templars getting their fucking dicks hard. Like, yeah, we're going to go hunt mages. Like, no, it should be a horrible thing because it is, it is truly a horrible thing. I just, I think the existence of the phylacteries is inherently ripe for abuse. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. That's, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as like the government tapping our phones. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, or tapping this point. podcast, you know, like it's 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 inherently wrong, but I think to a degree, there's some measure there's of things that you have to do that are wrong in order to govern people. I don't know. Maybe that's a fucking super hot take, but like the lines of right and wrong get blurred when you're talking about like establishing a peaceful society. Yeah, no, I didn't th- at the top of the podcast. I didn't I didn't think you'd be able to, but I, I think I think you've swayed me. I think because like, yeah, I think in my perfect world, I want mages to just be fully free. But like, yeah, you you know, the world's not perfect and shit's fucked. So there there was one point that you made that I wanted to bring up again. You said, like, as far as mages governing themselves, my my only fear with that is mage fights. My only fear with that. Dude, imagine being. okay. no, hold on. Let me walk you through scenario. Imagine being this lowly ass farmer 
and your life sucks and you're tending your crops and every day of your life you're like man i wish i could see something fucking awesome and then you're <laughs> on your way home from your farm that night and you see two mages fucking like slinging spells at each other and having this just like harry potter duel <laughs> that's exactly if what I, I was thought. if i was if i was this lowly ass fucking farmer i'd be like i'd be like dude this is my peak fuck fuck oh god uh. <laughs> This is the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Matt, Matt mage fights. Me. Mage fights is a point for me. Fuck you. <laughs> we can make coliseums. We can make events out of it, dude. Hell yeah. Oh my god. All right. So at the end of the day, this is what we do. We keep <laughs> we put them in an arena. We and make keep them the fight circles. The uh, we give it heavy fucking reform under divine Esgenia. And uh, and then Matt governs the the mage fight circles. <laughs> Instead of mage circles, we have mage fight it's circles. Mage pits. <laughs> mage pits. <laughs> we just fucking chicken fight them. Awesome. Uh, starve them a little bit. Make them desperate. <laughs> right on. I'm glad we got there. I I will say <laughs> disclaimer. Pit fighting is bad. Can't fucking believe that this got where it got. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. No. So, I'm, yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty simpatico. I just you know I'm, I, I'm not trying to like press you. I know here. you're not trying to sway my opinion, but you've you've presented a lot. And like you always think things out more than I do. Like you have <laughs> you have a fucking list of like these are my reforms, and I'm like I want him to be free. So it's like yeah, you you bring up a lot of good points. I think. You know, I just I fundamentally disagree with the circles because yes. of the prison and because of the Templars and all that. But like, can I, just, I come up with a better alternative than right. what you have presented? No, I can't. I, and the the main basis behind all of this for me is just that the horrors are real. Yeah. And like, like I said in the yeah, game, it's not like real life where it's like, okay, were you possessed by a demon or are you just crazy? It is literal whole yeah, ass like a demon, like is your body changing you by the nuts. Like, yeah, exactly. And you can do horrible things and kill all the people you love. And like, yeah. like it's I don't know. It, and that's kind of the lens that I'm looking at it through. Is these these horrors are very real and they can happen at any point in time. And like I said, you can be the strongest motherfucker in the world. You can have the mental fortitude of fucking Hulk Hogan. And is Hulk Hogan particularly fortuitous? I, possibly. I don't know. Okay. Uh, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Um, but in the fade, it's not the case. In the fade, if a pride demon says, you know, look at you. You, you think you're so fucking cool, but you're not. You're a fucking loser at the end of the day. Like, look at all these other things that other people have. Like, I can make you somebody that you could be proud of. I could, I could give you what you're looking for. Like, I would fall for that. Pride yeah. is a huge thing for me. It's one of my faults as a human. I would fall for that. And I'm really, I'm super fucking stubborn, you know? And it, so it's, it's just a dangerous world. And yeah, like, like I said, I think it is inherently wrong that, that we have to take the choice away from these people when they didn't have any to begin but with. In your world, the choice is given back to them, which is exactly. very important. And that's, and that's and I why think that I would be, a, that would that. be a very driving force for the mages to complete the harrowing. And the biggest thing is just separate from the fucking chantry. Yeah. Don't make it about God. Um, yeah. Cool. So I, if we don't have anything else, I have some more statistics, and these, there, I have less than Rapid I did last fire. time. Rapid fire statistics. <laughs> Let's do it. So I pulled specifically from Origins and from Dragon Age Two, uh, and these are going to be really interesting because these, the differences here are fucking staggering, and I don't think anybody's going to be surprised because of, like I said, the the way that Templars are portrayed. Yeah. So in Dragon Age Origins. To uh, there's a quest to contain the threat of like abominations and demons that have been overrunning one of the mage circles. The Templar commander wants to invoke what's called the right of annulment, which I didn't even talk about because I think it's the worst fucking thing in the world. The right of annulment is when a mage circle, when there's possession in a mage circle, 
The Templar commander can petition to invoke that right, and if it's granted to him, he gets to kill every single mage in the circle. Completely wipe it out because of the threat of possession. Yeah. Um, super fucking wrong. Anyway, the player can choose to either support this and kind of help kill everything in the tower before the right of annulment, uh, before backup arrives, rather, or to search for survivors and, uh, and kind of vouch for the ma- mages. Those are your options, right? The percentages... Of people that sided with the mages in the Broken Circle, which literally just means give these people a chance to live, like kill the actual abominations, but save the mages that are still mages, 32.09%. Ooh, that's not very high. People that sided with the Templars in Broken Circle, which means, yes, let's murder every mage in here, whether or not they're possessed, these mages must die. 16.88%. 16.88%. Okay, all right, better. Okay, I was uh, you saying 30%, and I was like, oh, God. Twice the people, yeah. two times the amount of people vouch for the mages because of how the Templars are portrayed. Yeah. Um, Dragon Age 2. So in Dragon Age 2, like, throughout the game, you are presented with, like, a bunch of different options to either support mages or support Templars. Like, there's quests where somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, I know there's this mage hiding out here. Please go help them. Yeah. And then you go to help them, and then another opportunity in the quest will pop up where a Templar is like, hey, I heard of a mage around here. Do you know where they're at? And then you can either be like, nah, man, I have no idea. Or you can be like, yeah, the mage is right there. Go fucking get him. So there's a bunch of different quests like that where you can support either the mage kind of thought process or the Templar thought process. This one is hilarious. Okay. Siding with mages five times throughout the game. Just five different quests where you side with mages. 30.37%. Siding with Templars five times. Bear in mind, all you have to do is make a decision that is slightly pro-Templar or slightly pro-mage five times in order to get these achievements. Yeah. Mages, 30.37%. Siding with Templars, five times, 2.98%. What? <laughs> so wait, where's... 2.98% of people that have ever played Dragon Age 2 what? on Xbox made five decisions to support Templars. That's fucking hysterical. Dude, it's the it's the mage game. We touched on it last week, but they made Hawks so fucking cool because magic sucked in Origins. So and yeah. they made magic... They, they did super pro Sick. magic... And then the whole, like, Anders terrorism attack. Um, I don't think Matt has played all the way through Dragon Age 2. But he's played through most of it. Um, And he already knows what happens. But uh, huge, like, biggest spoiler of the game for anybody that hasn't played it. There's a mage that essentially just does a terrorist attack and blows up the fucking church uh, and the the mage circle in Kirkwall. Like, he, the mage just loses his mind, snaps, and fucking blows it up. And... I always execute Anders. I don't know how you guys do this quest, but uh, that is our episode for the day. That was a lot less arguing. I, Dude, I really thought we were going to get mad at each other. See, I, dude, I'm we so always, sorry, We audience. always think that we're going to get mad at each other, but then we never do because it's like valid opinions on both ends. And we're just like, oh, yeah, okay. And then there's times that we do get fucking pissed at each other. And then literally like five minutes late, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we might. Uh, don't worry. We will argue at some point. But I, we seriously, guys. Bit. We argue a lot, and they're really, really awkward arguments because everybody else that's around is like, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, no. guys. I'm sorry we didn't deliver on that, but I hope this episode was still interesting. Let's just be overly enthusiastic about the Imperial versus Stormcloak because we might argue next week because we've talked a lot independently about our views on Imperials and Stormcloaks, and we've still 
neither one of us have budged. We haven't. Ever. We haven't backed off ever. No, I'm mean, never I, have either one of us budged. I, I will say this: I can see Matt's perspective, and, and I, I can, can see, see yours, and he can see mine. But I still think that his is inherently wrong because of the state of the world. And I think that his is inherently wrong because of the state of the world. So yeah. we, we'll probably so argue uh, right off the bat. Part. We're already telling each other that we're wrong, which is a you're really wrong. good sign. Really <laughs> good you. sign for next week. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're wrong. Your opinion literally supports destabilization of an entire world. And your like, opinion, fucking, like, your opinion literally is like, okay, we'll just roll over and get fucked in the ass, I guess. No, it's not. Because in the future, we fucking, oh, The dude. future hasn't happened yet. Dude, no. Like, you're, chan- you're risking global fucking war. Like, it, I don't understand. Global war needs to happen. Yes, it does, but it can and happen. And it's not going it- to happen if the Imperials are in charge, you fucking bitch. But it can happen in a controlled way. Like, it doesn't. There it, is it, no controlled way when it comes to the Thalmor. Dude, fuck the Thalmor. I'm <laughs> talking about. That's what I'm saying. Fuck the Thalmor. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But also, uh, fuck Ulfric. We'll say, <laughs> fuck Ulfric, but fuck the Thalmor. Yeah, uh, sorry guys, next next episode we're gonna... <laughs> sorry, that was... Wow. Um, Alright, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, let us know where you're at ooh. with the Mage Templar War. Let us know if either one of us have swayed you. I know that SJ provided a lot of incredible arguments, and I sat here and said, I think they should be free, but, you know, there's 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 depth there. I just, I'm not an articulate person. So thank you so much for listening. Please let us know. Um, we do have, uh, as of this episode being recorded, episode one is going up, so we'll have links for our Instagram, at 10 points of slashing. We'll have links for our Spotify. If you're listening to this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Spotify we have both a youtube account and spotify account so give us a give us a follow on both let us know uh berate us in the youtube comments and the instagram comments all that good stuff yeah let us know your viewpoints too. weigh in on the the kind of the mage circle debate we have discord server exactly that's what i was gonna get into so for those of you for those of you that use discord Please join our community. Um, the link to join is on our YouTube page um, in the little like section where you can link stuff uh, on the profile banner. There's a little Discord button, and if you click that, uh, join the Discord server and tell us if you're a Mage Warrior Rogue, and we will sort you into your appropriate uh, prison. Yeah, your sort, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, either the Mage Circle, the Warrior Garrison, or the Rogue Den. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Just please little, join the Discord. Little, fun little thing just come chat with us seriously like we'd love to talk to you guys like the whole reason that we're doing this podcast is because we love talking about this shit and like we'd love to talk about this shit with other human beings that are also as nerdy as we are so please please guys chat with us roast us we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of ideas and a lot of desire for like interactions and stuff like hey we're recording this tell us your opinion on this right now kind of yeah like a lot of interaction a lot of game nights all sorts of fun to be had yeah dude um also, dude, we did it. We argued. <laughs> we did. At the very end about a topic that is not the topic for that this episode. That is not this episode's topic. Great job, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, I guess I guess that will like suffice as the preview for next week's episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. So thank you so much, guys. Um, and Matt, any closing thoughts? Um, the, All right. The only destiny that demands respect is mine. Thank you. Lord Seeker Matthias. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. We are 10 points of slashing. I'm SJ. I'm Schlorb. And thank you for listening to our gorb. <laughs> that one didn't land as well.